Hey everyone, Mike Vogel here for WashingtonCaps.com. Welcome to another episode of Break the Ice. This time we're, we're trying something a little bit different. We're going to interview a couple of different guests at the same time. Beck Malenstein, Garrett Pilon, a couple of 2016 Caps draftees. Trying to trying to make the show here for good. Um, welcome, gentlemen. I guess back say something so that the the listeners can distinguish your voice from from Garrett's, and then we'll. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. And Garrett. Yeah, I'm excited to be here as well. I'm looking forward to it. So let's let's start with the with the 2016 draft. Did you guys know each other? Or know much about each other before before that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't even know if we had played against each other, um, in junior at that point. Uh, so our friendship has really grown, uh, since that draft. Cause yeah, I don't, I, maybe a spring tournament when we were younger, but nothing, mm. nothing I, too I was crazy. still in midget when I was in, uh, when I was 16 years old, you were, I think you were playing junior. So we, uh, I think we might've had like one game against each other cause we were in different conferences right. mm. in junior. And I, I honestly couldn't honestly, I'm no. sure you hit me or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things that's always fascinated me about the whole draft process is you, you show up there, um, and your story could turn out thirty-one and now thirty-two different ways, depending on, you know, where where you go. Um, you're going to get different coaching. You're going to be in a different environment with a different culture, different people, make different friends. Everything's it, it, it's like one of these things that you, you just don't know, and then once once it happens. I mean, it's kind of out of your control. You control the things that that you do, which is how hard you work and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but you know that draft. There's there's things leading up aside from what's going on in the ice. What were your experiences with um, the combine and the interview process? We'll start with you, Beck. Um. Yeah. So we had the combine. Uh, I think it was in Buffalo. Yeah, that it's year. always in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was a great experience for me. Um, I had a few meetings with a few teams. Um, the one with Washington really stuck out to me, just as you know, it was a super comfortable conversation. It didn't seem too serious. I wasn't nervous. Um, and yeah, just went from there. Went back into the summer, not really knowing what was going to happen. And on draft day, I was actually out fishing at a lake with my family and. Uh, found out on the top of the hill with the one little bit of cell service that mm. that it had happened. So, uh, yeah, nothing too crazy. The um, the combine experience was great. I went with a few teammates uh, from Calgary at the time, um, and then yeah, leading up to the draft, not nothing too much. Garrett, well, I didn't go to the combine. <laughs> I was probably sitting at home at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, draft that that whole year in junior is my first year playing. I think kind of wasn't sure really what to expect I think at the start of that year I was just hoping to make uh, the Camus Blazers to be honest and you know things kind of just started off pretty hot and ended up having a pretty good season there and I know my my interviews were kind of at hotels kind of tagging along with other I know like scouts would come in watch games and then they would they would I guess would bring guys out for dinner or something after that. And I remember having a couple interviews, but not too many. I remember uh, Chicago, uh, Bruce Franklin, I believe. I had a couple dinners with him. And other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of chatter with any teams. So I think I was I was going into the draft just hoping to get drafted, honestly. And I think it was I was really uh, fortunate. Did you guys have representation or an agent before that? And, and if so, how did you go about did Did it happen before or after that, that you would sign on with someone? 
Um, I don't think I officially was signed on mm. with Dave, uh, Dave K in Sports Corp. I, uh, little shout out to him there. <laughs> but, uh, I, he definitely was helping me out since I was probably around 14, 13, I want to say. Like, just, there was B camps and he'd yeah. be helping organize and he's from Saskatoon where I'm from and there was kind of that, uh, mutual connection, uh, just through, like, hockey community there. And, um, I think officially, I officially signed with him after I... I, I got drafted by, with Washington. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, I was similar to Garrett. I had signed on a little bit earlier um, with CAA, J.P. Barry, and Mark McKay. Um, but I was uh, the connection for me came my first year Bantam. Uh, I was playing with J.P.'s son, Brennan. I uh, got to know them a little bit there. had a really good personal connection with them. And then, uh, you know, moving towards that, that first year um, in junior, I think, is when I officially signed on with them. So either 15 or 16 and went forward from there. I've sat in on some of those draft interviews, and um, they, they, they've streamlined that process a lot now. I'm, I'm guessing you guys' experience was a little different than, than some of the ones in the older days. Uh, I can remember guys coming in. It, it would be just one right after the other, and there would be the entire scouting staff. I'm talking about like 18, 20 guys plus the GM. They bring a guy into a hotel suite, park him in the middle of the room, and he's encircled by a bunch of scouts, people that he's never met, and they just grill him for 20 minutes. I mean, it's it's a pretty intimidating process. Not, now they've they've scaled it down to just two or three guys talking to you, and it, it seems like it's a much easier process. Did you guys get any um, pre-draft advice as far as how to handle those uh, those interviews? Nothing, nothing too crazy for me. Um, I think it was really just go in and be yourself, be yeah. confident, um, you know, in what you were going to say and who you were as a player and, and try to portray that the best way you can. And yeah, I didn't try to go in and do anything special. I mean, I wasn't trying to read between the lines on any questions. Um, and like I said, I felt so comfortable in that, uh, that interview with Washington that I could really just sit there and be myself. And I think that, you know, making kids at that age feel comfortable you know, at 17 years old, you're going to be pretty intimidated going into that scenario. So um, I think to get the best result is to make you feel that comfortable. You're going to see the true colors of those players. And I felt really comfortable in mine. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think the more comfortable you are, the more scouts and stuff can really get to know you as a person, I think. And that's a big thing. I think a lot of teams look for, because a lot of them know how you play hockey. I think they yeah. want, when you're wanting to draft a player, you really want to see, know kind of what their parents were like how they grew up what their kind of etiquette is and what potentially their work ethic is kind of coming off as and I think that's a big thing with my meetings was just kind of being myself as well but it's definitely intimidating I think as a 17 year old and just being that age like talking NHL teams and wanting to come off a certain way and all that sort of thing where you can get in your head a little bit I believe and I mean, you get one question that you think wrong, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, did I just ruin my chances or something by saying that? I remember there was a – I think it was Pittsburgh I had a meeting with, and they asked me to, like, put in order the um, importance of certain aspects of a player, and I, like, completely got it wrong. And I remember <laughs> sitting there the rest of the interview and just being like, oh, I don't think they're going to take me. <laughs> Man, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, I was, I've seen a mass guys tell jokes, uh, sing songs uh, – Kind of, you know, hotspot kind of stuff. Garrett, were you at the draft in Buffalo that year? No, I wasn't. I was, okay. at, I was at home, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so neither one of you guys, you guys didn't meet each other then until, I guess, development camp that year? Yeah, uh, well, two days later, I think. Did we, we room together or no? I was with, uh, I was with Johansson, but he got sick. And, then I, and I was with 
Hobbs my first year, yeah. I believe. I yeah, think yeah. once you get to these camps, you, whoever you got drafted with, you're immediately going to kind of gravitate towards them because mm-hmm. that's kind of like your pack. Everyone in that group is new to everything, so you want to follow them. You don't really want to, I guess, just hop into the big crew and think that you're a part yeah. of that quite yet, I think, when you get drafted. So you usually stick to the people that are in the same position as you, and that's what we kind of did. And, and, I mean, how has that evolved? Because you guys, I, I, by this point, have been through – a number of the summer development camps, a number of the fall training camps. How how does the comfort level progress from that first one where you've never been here before and you're trying to get the lay of the land and you don't know necessarily anybody or maybe one or two guys um, to, to now where, I mean, you guys are totally comfortable around here? Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, you come in that first year and, you don't really know what to expect. Um, you don't really know the people around you, like you said, except for maybe one or two. So every year you come back, I mean, we're all in the same position, and I think guys recognize that pretty quickly, and we're doing something similar, so you usually gravitate to people that are like you, and we're all pretty similar, I think. So uh, you come through every camp, you get more comfortable, more comfortable. Um, you understand that the new kids coming underne- underneath you went through the same process, and yeah, I think every single year you just you get more familiar with the people around you. You you build those friendships and relationships, and you you're excited to come back over being nervous, and uh, it makes it a lot easier. I think the culture around here has been very you know open arms for those kind of uh, situ- uh, situations, and that's been great. Yeah, I think uh, you know being around here longer, I think you just get to know the staff and everyone better, and I think when you when you see them, it's a lot more of that. Uh, recognizable almost in a way and I think it's not you're coming in and it's just all these new guys that you honestly probably don't know too many names of I remember like the first couple development camps you come back and you're like see trainers I'm like okay I saw you last June for five days <laughs> right, yeah. and I really want to know your name but like I don't and then I think when, once you kind of get on that basis where you can come back and you know everyone I think that's where the comfortability really sets in but at the same time it's it still changes all the time like hockey like you get new guys and all the time so I think you just kind of get used to having new people coming in and how to deal with that and having conversations with them. And I think that's been a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. How do you, how did you guys gravitate toward one another? Do you think? I got a big personality. I think he just was <laughs> attracted to that probably or something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I think, uh, like you said, we, we came in at the same time and we kind of were just trying to learn the ropes together. And that was probably the, uh, the biggest thing. Um, and then from there, I'd, I'd say personalities were pretty similar. We were able to get along really well. Um, grew from there, started living together our first year pro. And, yeah, it's just kind of continued to build from our from our first development camp together. Yeah. When you guys uh, go on those uh, road trips, bus road trips uh, with Hershey and, and have a roommate, are you guys road roommates uh, at, the, at that level as well, or were you ever? <sighs> no, it's probably good that we weren't rooming together on the road, too. <laughs> we would have probably tired each other out a little bit. Yeah, yeah but we, we needed some veteran influence, I think, our, our first years, which was probably a good thing. I uh, My first year was with Nathan Walker on the road and then yeah. Phoenix Copley the year after that. We needed some guys to take care of us, I think. That's we true. Younger. That's all yeah. it was. I was, yeah. I was with Michael Scarbosa, and he was he was great with me. I yeah. He, I we think he enjoys me. <laughs> we could handle ourselves for three or four days of the week, but we need somebody else after that. Yeah. I think it may be this team uh, has, has got a reputation for drafting guys from the Western League, too. So probably when you come in here, 
I don't know, potentially you're feeling a little more comfortable than maybe that lone Ontario League kid or the lone Quebec League kid, if if there even was one from, from those leagues. A lot of times um, there weren't, you know, and then you get a handful of uh, European guys too. Um, but it, it seems like, yeah, it, it, it becomes communal kind of quickly, even though you're, you're, there's a competition though as well. And I, how much did the um, – we, didn't, we don't do them anymore, but I know you guys played in some of those rookie tournaments. I know, I think probably one in Florida, at least one in Florida, maybe two, and one in Nashville for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think we had, we were in all three of them. Yeah, we were in all three of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really liked the, the rookie camps, actually. I think it was a great like opportunity as younger players to build confidence before going into main camp. I think you kind of don't just get thrown into yeah. the big club. I think you're getting thrown in with guys in similar positions as you, and you can go out there and be confident, not be too afraid to make mistakes in a way and show off what you got. And then I think that's just a huge thing going into main camps because when you're young and you're going to these main camps with these big names and stuff, it can be pretty intimidating. So I think going in there with that confidence from a rookie tournament is a, is a big thing. Plus, I mean, they're lots of fun as well. You get to see yeah. a bunch of guys that you usually don't play with in your organization. You get to play games with them, build bonds and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, looking at the three we played in that that first year was extremely nerve wracking. It was your first time putting on the jersey. Yeah. It happened pretty quickly from the draft, um, and then to that third year, you really took it as an opportunity to get ready for that main camp. I mean, even looking at it now, the opportunity to go and play three games or whatever it was, um, and kind of get yourself into that competitive mindset, and like Peel said, be confident making plays, not making mistakes, is is huge coming into that camp. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it was great to get to know the guys that were in a similar position to you and, and likewise be able to prepare yourself for that main camp right around the corner. Also, I mean, in those rookie tournaments, you're maybe playing against guys that you're playing with during the regular season. And and here, vice versa, too, um, any, any – I think it's one of the – cool things about this game too at whatever level there there are always guys that you play against and you develop sort of a an opinion of on the ice and then maybe a few years down the road they become your teammate somewhere and you you wind up having a kind of a reversal of of opinion one way or the other about you know your thoughts on that have you ever experienced that and you don't you don't need to name any any names uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, there's not too many players that I, you know, despised playing against that I then came to play with. Um, I'm sure I've rubbed people the wrong way being a, a physical, physical player. player sure. Yeah. Um, you're pointing at me there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but no, it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's an odd, uh, scenario where, you know, what somebody is on the ice really doesn't, um, describe what they're like off the ice at all. You see, uh, a lot of those guys that are, you know, number one enemy throughout a league um, are the most beloved by their teammates. So uh, I think, you know, understanding that the game is played on the ice and can change off the ice is huge. And uh, you can definitely look at someone on the ice and, and understand that, you know, it, they're probably not the same way in the dressing room. And yeah, when those kind of guys come to your team, they're usually a fan favorite and a team favorite. They'll do anything for their teammates and uh, they're definitely viewed a lot differently off the ice than on the ice. Yeah, I think, well, it's funny you say that too, because this summer at, at Beck's wedding, uh, he had a bunch of his Swift Current guys who in, who I played in the final when I was with Everett there yeah. in the championship. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly was not overly fond of some of these guys, but they're all, they're all great dudes, and we got to spend a, spend a day and a night with each other. And I think it you know changed my maybe my viewpoint on some of them <laughs> that I had from 
I guess being in a in a final um, sort of scenario playing against them because at that point, I mean, it's it's do or die for both teams, and a lot of guys. I mean, you're 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 not really caring about any uh, other th- uh, any uh, I guess your opponent's feelings in no, any way. No. So I think it was there were some guys on that team that I definitely didn't think I liked that I ended up meeting and were great guys. Well, and you guys, uh, that leads me to one of my other questions, which um, you guys were both traded in junior. Uh, uh, Garrett, you went from Kamloops to Everett, as you mentioned, and back from Calgary to Swift Current. What was that experience like, getting traded at that level? Um, for me, it was a great opportunity. I think I had a great experience in Kamloops. They drafted me, and I definitely grew as a player there. And I think I, ha- I had Don Hay as a coach there, and he was great yeah. with me, like helping me out and you know helping me get into getting drafted and all that sort of thing. And I think the year I got traded, our team was going through a bit of a younger core where it was – almost expected that it was going to happen in a way and them as an organization it wasn't like I left there being like oh I hated being here all that sort of stuff they were kind of I think wanting me to do well as well so I think it was a it was a good scenario in my mind getting going to Everett and getting that experience and having that deep playoff run yeah yeah really similar for me um I think the only difference was I wasn't playing so that year I had broken my wrist uh two games into the season but uh same thing we had a great uh, core group in Calgary that I had gone through my first, I guess, three full seasons with. And that fourth year was very similar. We probably had four or five guys that, you know, could have pushed to maybe just make a playoff run, but it wasn't going to be a deep enough group probably to go the whole way. And management looked at that um, and uh, gave all of us an opportunity to go to go somewhere that was going to compete for a championship. So uh, I was very grateful for the time I spent in Calgary and what they did for me. Um, but then again, to be able to go to Swift Current and have the run that we had was uh, pretty remarkable and something I'll remember forever. Well, hey, it's, it was in Saskatchewan, hey? Oh, That's hey, yeah, I mean. it's know. a good spot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Small town <laughs> Saskatchewan. So. Uh, to go back to the, the summer of 2016 after you guys were drafted, what was it like to go, you know, once, once you had gone through the summer camp here and the, the training camp in the fall, and then to go back to your junior team that fall, mentally – Physically, how different did you feel going into that season, knowing that that you know you belonged to an NHL team and and you had maybe a little more of a clear path of of what was expected from you as far as development goes? Yeah, I mean, I I remember going back and being absolutely terrible for my first three or four games. I think I came out of camp here being extremely confident uh, and probably too confident for my own good going back. But uh, I think having that. Um, you know, outside factor um, and outside opinion on your game was huge and having, you know, uh, understanding that they were looking out for your best interest and what you were going to need to do at this level to improve to the next level was huge for me. Uh, I remember development staff coming out throughout the year and having, you know, dinners with them and kind of analyzing where they thought my game was at, what I could change, um, and those words really resonated with me and was able to have a really good season uh, that year in Calgary and um, yeah, everything just grew from there. Yeah, and I think I think in junior, everyone's goal is to make it to pro. Mm-hmm. I think getting drafted and coming back, you just have a, a lot clearer of a path and a lot more people helping you out to get there. And I think that was a big thing coming back when I was 18 was that the expectations were higher, but you had a lot of people helping you out and telling you what you need to do better. So I thought as a player, my goals were a lot clearer on how I wanted to play and all that sort of stuff. So I think as as that helped me grow as a player tremendously instead of maybe not being drafted and just trying to make it in a way, I think the goal was a lot clearer for me. 
And I think uh, coming back, your confidence is obviously a lot higher. And I think you have to realize that you also have to still play the game the same way because mm-hmm. you can come out of these camps and you think you're drafted and all of a sudden you think that you can toe drag everyone in junior and it's, it's not how you have to do it. You kind of have to make sure you're still doing the right things. And I think uh, like having that support through with Washington and or your junior team to make sure you stay on that right track is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the support and obviously the, the Caps development uh, team um, I know they, they spend a lot of time with you wherever you are, whether it's on the other side of the globe or Hershey or, you know, the WHL. But you've also got Billet family, too. Um, talk a little bit about that experience and, um, you know, how important that is at that level. And then how does that work when you're when you're traded? Do you need to find a new Billet family? Is that something that the, the team handles for you or how, how is that? Yeah, a little different than pro. You don't have to go out and search for a billet family. So that was, I mean, for me, I was with the the same billets in Calgary for my first four years. They were phenomenal. Um, I grew up a lot there, uh, definitely from, you know, 16 to 19 years old. So, uh, and then, yeah, the transition to Swift um, was really seamless. You show up the first day to the rink and they give you the address to a new house and you Mm. show up to a new family and a new room and a new dynamic and, yeah, they opened me or welcomed me, sorry, with, with open arms and they were great too. So, uh, I have no complaints about my billet situation throughout junior. Uh, both families were great to me, meant a lot to me, uh, and definitely helped me grow up a lot throughout that process as well. Yeah. I think, I think moving away for junior and being, I guess, uh, like getting exposed to billet family, I think it's a huge thing, like growing up too. It, it helps you be a little bit more independent being away from your family and changing mm-hmm. that dynamic. And I was in Kamloops, I believe, two and a half years there, and I had a great billet. We were at a great spot, and they were awesome. And I had a revolving door billet brothers, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I was sticking there. They actually, yeah, they're, they're great people. I still uh, stay in touch with them. And then when I moved to Everett, actually, the family I moved in with, he was like uh, the coordinator of like the education and stuff with the team. And um, my dad actually played midget hockey with him wow. back in Prince Albert. So there was that connection. And they were awesome, too. I mean, with, with them, I know uh, in the summers and stuff, they're always like, if you're ever around the area, like, just let us know. You can come stay here, use the house, whatever you want. And I think, uh, you know, that's awesome to kind of have those connections, honestly, uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast, realistically. So, yeah, it's awesome. And, and you mentioned your dad, and he had a long NHL career. Um, wh- how old were you, do you think, when you realized kind of what, what he did and what he accomplished in the game and how much did that affect you? I think I realized it probably once I got like a little bit older, like five to eight, maybe I started to realize kind of the impact and stuff when I was actually in it and in St. Louis or whatever. And I was actually being exposed. seems I had no idea. Like I thought I was just going to my dad's job, going to the gym, hanging out, chewing bubble gum. Like I didn't really think of the, who I was talking to or who was around me in a way, but I think it's a really cool experience. And, you know, um, I guess, yeah, I don't, not too many kids get to go down to a dressing room on a consistent basis with an NHL team, so it was it was really cool. What uh, what do you guys remember about your first uh, preseason games? What stands out? Who'd you play with? Any any moments that that sort of struck you as oh boy, I'm I'm here now. I'm trying to think of when mine was. I actually. think <laughs> my first game was against Boston. Okay, was then in, I think we had the same one. It was one. in Boston. In Boston, yeah. I remember, I think Char was playing. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was <laughs> like, super interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just as a, as a young guy going up, you're playing against these guys that you were playing video games as when you were mm-hmm. however old, like, yeah. and been around for forever. And I remember, I think I was on a line with Brett Connolly and maybe... Maybe Andre Burakovsky. It was like a, it was a pretty good line to be a part of, mm. and it was, it was really exciting. I think you know, going playing in an NHL arena, you're throwing on the Caps jersey for real, and it's just, yeah, it was a really cool experience. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I can't vividly remember who I was playing with. Blacked out though. that game. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Exactly. <laughs> was it a good uh, game? <laughs> I uh, it was definitely the same game though. I remember thinking the same <laughs> thing going down the ice on Chara. You know trying to take him wide for the first time and just getting stuck along the boards until I was leaving the offensive zone. Um, <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a great experience. A lot of nerves obviously built up, but um, I think when you go into those experiences with guys uh, the same age as you, um, it makes it a little easier. You know that, you know, you're not going through it alone kind of thing like that. I think I was playing with two younger guys at the time too. So um, definitely a unique experience um, that you, you know, you're going to remember for a long time. And, how much of an eye opener is it that that NHL travel the the charter the food on the plane all that kind of stuff? I was going to mention that I think the first time yeah. I flew, I'm pretty sure I got the meal on the on the plane. I was like, wow, this is really nice. I'm having salmon. Yeah. I'm used to having like the little biscuits or whatever the whatever they are, Get the little crackers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Air Canada biscuits. Yeah, I'm eating salmon. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely shows you the the difference. I would uh, I would take a flight for an hour in a plane like that over a, a six hour bus ride. So yeah, you you did love the bus rides in junior, yeah. but the six hour day trip. I mean the the forty five minute flight's a bit better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God, I would think so. So so once you guys did ascend to the the American League, turned pro. What was the biggest the biggest adjustment you had to make on the ice and and off the ice, and how important were, as you said, Garrett, Mike Scarbosa, and as you said, back Nathan Walker, Phoenix Copley, towards sort of maybe occupying. I mean, I, I feel like you all of a sudden have a ton of time on your hands, and you, you need to find a way to constructively using it. Well, I, we played a lot of video games our first year. <laughs> I can remember that. It's good uh, for the reflexes. Exactly, stuff, right? exactly. So. We were just putting the work in at home. Uh, <laughs> no, it. We had a really great group of guys um, in Hershey our first year that I think really paved the way um, for us young guys to be successful. They took a lot of time, you know, after practices away from the rink, having us over for dinners, uh, walks with someone who I'm still very close with. Uh, who you know spent a lot of time with Garrett and I and his wife Taylor. So uh, we had um, a really good support system at the rink uh, to be successful. But I think we learned, um, you know, every small detail that you had to focus on every day. That the work after practice, the work off the ice that you had to do to prepare yourself uh, was probably the biggest thing. And then yeah, at at home uh, we definitely found a way to occupy our time. But I think cooking for yourself. Going to bring that up. We were pre- we were pretty good cooks. We were pretty first. good. Yeah, we learned on the fly. We weren't we weren't too bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think like you said, just filling time. You know, you go in at eight o'clock in the morning, and you know you you put a solid chunk of work in till you know one o'clock, and you don't have a ton of energy after that. So what are you going to do from one till you shut it down at the end of the night? And we occupied that with a lot of video games, the occasional nap uh, stuck <laughs> in there, but. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely an, an eye opener for us. Whereas you know you're coming from a junior schedule where you're usually practicing after school and kind of filled your whole day up. Whereas you know now we were stuck with okay, what do we what do we do with ourselves for the next eight hours of the day? Let's, so let's unthaw the chicken at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a couple of those. Where oh we, yeah, we forgot to take the chicken out, and then all of a sudden we were having or what was the one? We had lasagna that was in the freezer, and we put it in the oven at I think like your mom brought it for seven or, or something. We ended us, up eating yeah. at like ten o'clock, and we're like, we need to start like planning our meals here <laughs> a little bit better. 
but yeah, no, yeah. pro is it's a lot different. Living on your own is a lot different. But I think we did a. I think we were obviously. I think we did a good job with it in a certain mm-hmm. way. And I, at the rink, especially like that team, it was like a perfect scenario to go into. Like we had uh, Spencer Carberry there, Patrick. Well, we had a bunch of new yeah. coaches yeah. that were very eager to move up as well. And I think they were rookies with us technically in yeah, the really. AHL. And mm-hmm. I think it was great to have them. And then we had a lot of good older guys that were not um and they weren't even that old i don't think like a lot of 24 25 like kind of getting to the age where we are where it's pretty eye-opening how good they were with us um mm-hmm. once you're getting older in a way like nathan walker aaron ness i believe was there like liam o'brien mike scarbosa like there was a lot of guys there that were really trying to help our young group like get better and i think you know that season we were i don't think we started off that great and then we went on a really big yeah. run in february i think it was like did we set was it an ahl record yeah 17 so games or so with a point or something. yeah, yeah like in, in there there was like it was only one shootout loss i think yeah, it they was were like all regulation seven, yeah. yeah it was like it was we really turned that around and i think that was just our, our whole group got really close there it was a good mixture of old guys and young guys that really mm-hmm. ended up fitting well together and i think that was a great you know, scenario for us as young guys, you, you're coming in, you're not getting just pushed out. You're in the lineup, you're playing, you have coaches that want you to succeed. You have older guys that want you to succeed. And I think that really helped us grow. And I think Hershey too is a great spot to play in the AHL. Yeah, like yeah. it's like, you're not yeah. walking into an arena that has 2000 fans and it's quiet mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, like I would way rather be up. Yeah, which you do exactly. always, but Hershey, for it's sure. like the, you go into, and there's, I don't know, 8,500 fans every night. Mom usually. Yeah. And it's just like you're playing in front. It feels more like pro hockey and it feels like <laughs> way more uh, you're wanting to succeed, I guess, and you're wanting to do well. So it was awesome. What are the uh, favorite road stops in the American League? I know you guys don't you don't get to go as Toronto. far out as you used to. Toronto, I love my Tim Hortons. Yeah, so yeah, I like going across the border and having <laughs> I yeah. don't even know if it's good coffee. I just it just uh, yeah, it tastes just like tastes home. like home, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I mean out of the the trips we go through, I mean so many are are small cities on the East Coast. Um I mean Toronto's probably I I would say it's probably the best spot that you know uh for a memory that we go to, we usually get to go up there. I think for the Canadian guys, it's it's fun to cross the border mm-hmm. again. Uh, we get to we usually have a day off in Toronto to get to go you know hang around. It's a pretty cool city. So um, yeah, and then as far as in the states, I mean Charlotte's a pretty fun spot too. It's uh, the weather's always usually pretty yeah. great there, and um, that was that, I'd say Charlotte and Toronto are probably my two favorites to travel to on the road. A big fan of Wilkes-Barre Scranton. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, I do like that barn, but yeah, there are. Yeah, there's some spots where you're you're not spending too much time in. That's for sure. But I, yeah, I would say Charlotte. I really enjoyed. I liked actually going out uh, west a bit. Well, it's not really west. It's more Midwest. I think maybe I don't know. Like Illinois, Chicago. When we got yeah, to go to oh, that area, yeah, 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 that was fun. Grand Rapids. Like those those road trips are fun. I think when you're on a road like that for a while, because you're you're in the grind with your team and then you're on the road and you're spending a lot of time with each other. I think that's a mm-hmm. big time when a lot of guys get closer during those big road trips. Yeah. And we were actually fortunate. I think every year we had one of those road trips kind of right off the bat too. So it, it kind of forced you into that scenario where you're going to have to get to know your road roommate. You're going to have to get to know your teammates really well. And yeah, we were fortunate enough to have great groups of guys, um, which, you know, made it really seamless to get comfortable together. I think it's really fortunate when you get a trip like that early in the season for exactly that reason, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caps were lucky to have that that Western Canada trip for a number of years. At last 10 days or so of October, it was kind of carved in stone that that's where they were going to be, and it was it was a big boon when you had new new faces around the room. Absolutely. Um, any Any massive differences from riding the bus 
out west in in the Western League uh, versus the the bus trips in the American League? Uh, I mean, when you're playing two teams 13 times a year that are only you know an hour and a half to two hours away, that's that's not too bad. Our travel in Hershey was pretty. Uh, that was really good. Yeah, it, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Western League for me, I was fortunate uh, in Calgary that I think our longest divisional road trip was three or four hours. We were pretty central, but yeah. um, I think you realize it pretty quickly that you know once you start doing you know, 13, 14 hour bus rides. Um, I remember we had a snowstorm one time that was, I think it took us 26 hours from Calgary to, uh, to Victoria. We had the whole day and we were just going 60 the whole way down because the roads were so bad and you're eating at an A and W in golden BC for dinner. And, uh, so I I think you, you take those, (laughs) I mean, at the time you love it. You got your Xbox set up, you're playing cards. Mm -hmm. Um, as we got older, you know, you're playing poker in the back of the bus yeah. with the guys. And, yeah, it, those are, you know, they're memories that you'd never want to get rid of. They're experiences you never want to get rid of. But I can definitely do without 14-hour bus rides now. And uh, the buses are a little more comfortable. And, and, you know, upgrading to being able to travel on a plane occasionally is great. Uh, it's definitely motivation when you get to travel on a charter. So uh, there, it definitely improves as you get older and you move up through the levels. But uh, there's a lot of memories that I wouldn't take back from those long bus rides too. Yeah, I 100% agree actually. It's, mm-hmm. It sounds awful when you say, oh, you're on a bus for 13 hours and you're, I don't know, you're kind of on, in the grind and yeah. <laughs> you're watching on your fifth movie that you've seen probably <laughs> yeah. 10 times throughout the whole year and it's it's but it's kind of memories that you don't really forget i remember in camos we had a we had a couple out to saskatchewan and i think those were almost like too exciting for me because i was just excited <laughs> to get home i was like oh i know this town we're going through here we're going through here and guys are like guys from bc are like where are we i'm like home baby <laughs> God, yeah. country yeah exactly um Obviously, the last 18 months or so have been pretty rugged for, for everyone on the planet. But, I mean, for, for a couple of guys who are, you know, in the, in the primes of your athletic careers and trying to push up to the next level, how challenging has it been to, to try to keep your game skills sharp from March of 2020 when everything shut down until right now? And I know your situations are vastly different, too, back mm-hmm. because, I mean, you you had to rehab a really serious injury in that period of time. Garrett, you, you didn't get a lot of games in Hershey last year, and partially that was because you, you spent time on the on the taxi squad here in Washington. Yeah, I think this past year has been crazy and everything. I think there's been a lot of people that's been affected by this whole thing, and I, I'm not going to complain about how things technically panned out in any sort of way, but, I mean, it was definitely a different training regiment than what we're used to as hockey players you know you're kind of used to that four month off period and I think it was it was a very like you build up thinking that you're gonna play you don't you build up again you build up again and it was just kind of a constant uh when are we gonna kind of do this here and I think that was kind of a hard thing and I think like being in Saskatchewan there's different provincial rules and different provinces for um, mass I remember like the month before camp that came in January all December you had to be 18 and under to skate so it had a rank. So like I couldn't actually go and skate somewhere wow. in Saskatchewan. Our, our, our whole pro group was, we were trying to like veto it. We were like, can we make an exception for the 15 of us that are here so we can get ready? And they're like, no, you can't. You have to be 18 and un- old, uh, under. You have to wear a mask when you skate. And it was kind of just like all this stuff. And we found a way that we could like basically be a coach and go out there. Mm. So I was in a track suit being a coach, like 
demonstrating drills in my mass like a month before <laughs> camp and it was just it was, i think looking back on it it's funny how like how did you prepare for the season well i was in a track suit shooting yeah. on goalies like with a mask on and it, but i think i was fortunate enough you know to be able to get on the ice at least but it was definitely a weird year and i think um it was also weird in the AHL you're playing the same three teams but I think it was it was good too I guess to, to still be able to go I think if we didn't have if we wouldn't have played it would have yeah. been really hard but I think getting those games and then coming up here in the taxi being around the organization a lot longer having you know you have a new coach Laviolette and all them and uh, Cato there that haven't really seen you and I think potentially just getting little conversations in with them and hopefully them getting to know you a little better is, is a huge thing to have. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think the biggest similarity um, between Garrett and I in that sense was that training period, um, and mine obviously ended my season at the very end of it, which was unfortunate, um, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting year, like you said, for everybody, I mean, hockey, just everybody just wanted to play, you were chomping at the bit throughout training to just like, maybe there was going to be a season this week oh okay we're going to wait it out a little longer maybe next week oh, okay nothing's happened nothing's happened so um yeah it was it was really tough to have my injury happen you know three weeks before we were going to be leaving for camp but uh throughout that process you know I got to spend a lot of time with my family that I normally don't get to spend yeah. um which was great I mean I, I I definitely wouldn't wish that injury on anybody um it was an unfortunate circumstance for myself, but I was definitely able to pull positives out of it after the fact. Uh, and then, you know, once I was able to get healthy, guys were kind of coming back for summer training anyways. So it was back to a regular summer and, uh, you know, coming out here now, it was really refreshing, a lot of energy build up for me just to be back around the guys, back in the atmosphere of the, the rink, the room. Um, you definitely realize how much you miss it once it's gone. And, you know, I'm a pretty social guy as it is. So, you know, when you just wake up and you see your, your parents and your wife around the house, it's like, oh, okay, hey, guys, see you again. You know, you didn't really get to socialize as much, you know, with the pandemic rules too. So it was uh, really huge for me, I know, mentally just to be able to get back around the guys, around the atmosphere, and it was something I really missed. Have you commiserated with Michael Kempney at all over the... Yeah, well, we, we compared scars the other day, you know, just <laughs> getting to see what happened. You know, nothing too crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was the third guy in the organization at the time to have it happen. Started with O'Brien, uh, who's now with, I believe, Arizona, and then uh, with Kemp's and then myself. So at least from my standpoint, the training staff, you know, had, had been well-practiced. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, the rehab side of it for me, the, the kind of the, the grid was set in stone, the road to success. So... Uh, it was, you know, I was actually very fortunate to uh, to have had those guys, you know, unfortunately happen before me, um, but that, you know, I could kind of gauge myself to make sure I was hitting those same markers um, and know that I was kind of progressing on that same timeline to success. And you guys both have made your NHL debuts, although in, under vastly different circumstances too. So let's start with you, Beck, because you, you got called up uh, mid-November 2019, so a few months ahead of the pandemic and got to make your uh, debut in probably, arguably, the most fabled uh, arena in all of the NHL, Madison Square Garden. Uh, what do you remember about, you know, finding out that you were going, uh, getting to MSG, all those things, the whirlwind of all that activity? Were you able to get your family in, those those sorts of things? What stands out when you look back on that right now? Yeah, I, I mean, it's all still pretty clear in my mind I think it probably forever will be um I remember showing up to the rink in Hershey that morning seeing my name on the board and honestly just being like no 
like, I don't need to have a meeting this morning. I'm tired. We just had two games on the weekend. Team had done pretty well. So I was like, what on earth could I possibly be getting pulled in for? I'm just going to go into the gym, get my workout done. If, if they want to talk to me, they, they'll come find me. <laughs> I'm going to try to avoid this for as long as I can. And uh, Carbs came in and he's like, hey, Matt, I, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay, all right, go in the room. And he sits down. I don't know if he had premeditated this whole thing, if he didn't mean to, and it just came across because of my nerves. But he sat down, closed his computer, and I was like, oh, boy, I'm really in for one now. Like, what on earth did I do in these last two games? He's like, I got to be honest with you. And I was like, oh, man, I'm sitting back in my seat just ready to take something on the chin. And it's like, you're, you're getting to go up for your first game. I was just, like, shocked holding onto the chair. And uh, he gave me a big smile, stood up, gave me a big hug, which was great. I was I was so excited. And uh, he's like, yeah, so, you know, we're going to skate today. You go out, make whatever phone calls you need to do right now. We're going to head over to the rink in a few minutes. I was like, okay, sounds good. We were practicing at a different facility at the time because there was a wrestling or something going on at the Giant Center. And, so I go out to make these phone calls and my phone plan, prepaid phone plan in the States has expired and the auto pay is not working. So I'm like, I don't have service now. Like, this is great. Like, I can't tell anybody about this. I'm like, I got my girlfriend at home who's going to have to go and, you know, start organizing everything because we have to leave so quickly, get all my stuff basically ready for me. And I'm like, I can't get a hold of her. So I had to borrow someone else's phone, call her. And then I had to stay in the hallway and get this sorted out with my phone and eventually got that done. And so yeah, then we got to go to practice, whatever, uh, came home, helped kind of organize my things, get ready to go. And I uh, was fortunate enough to get able to call my parents and, and get them organized to get out there. I remember they were, they were shocked. They'd kind of heard that maybe, you know, there was some cap room. I might get the chance to be called up, but, but playing wasn't really in the cards. And I called my dad and I just said, Hey, like, do you want to come to New York? And he's like, what do you mean? I can't come to New York. Like, I'm working. I'm like, well, no, like, do you want to come to New York? Yes or no? I, I, I got to play. I'm going to play. And he's like, you're kidding me. So that was really great, um, you know, to share that experience with them. They were able to come out. Actually, a lot of my family and friends were able to come with them. And, uh, yeah, that first game was was phenomenal. I mean, stepping out for the first time in that rink was was crazy. I'd never been there before. So it was breathtaking. Um, and it, the guys around here made it made it that much more memorable, too, you know, how they, uh, they all know what you're going through. They've all been through it before. Yeah. And, um they really just try to take the nerves off you, make you feel comfortable, and they did a great job of that. I remember just being super excited. You know, I was obviously nervous, but it could have been 10 times worse if, if guys were really quiet around. You know, they made an effort just to, you know, keep you loose, keep talking to you, and, yeah, definitely a memory that I'm going to remember. Garrett, yours was decidedly different. It was yeah. uh, the tail end of this past season and, uh, you know, a completely empty barn, and, and, you know, one of those things that, unfortunately, you weren't, able to have you know your parents come in and, and and share that yeah it was definitely a different scenario I think uh you know uh getting to play was very awesome and it was a super cool experience but it, I mean it, it definitely would have been uh a little bit more special if my family could be there but I know they were back home in Saskatoon watching which was awesome and I know a lot of people back there were you know very excited to see me play and I was very you know excited to get that opportunity as well and like Beck said like the guys in here were were great with you like they know that you're you're pretty stressed out like it's it's a, such a new scenario and for me I didn't play I think for like two months or so yeah. I was I was on the taxi squad practicing so I didn't really have that uh 
game shape in a certain way. I definitely tried to, but it was, you know, you're, you have all this adrenaline and the first period I felt like I was absolutely flying. And then the second came along, you f- start to feel your lactic acid sit in. And then the third, you're like, your legs are starting to cramp. And you're like, Oh my goodness. Like this is kind of a, a completely different beast than just skating, getting bagged, all that sort of thing. But it was, it was super special to get that opportunity. And I think, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And I think being on the taxi squad was really nice to kind of have that sort of familiarity with the team just b- before getting just called up and getting thrown into a, to a game. You kind of knew the guys. They knew you a little bit better too. So it, it helped during the game them kind of being a little more open to helping you in certain things and knowing uh, you as a person as well. So yeah, it was really exciting. I was really happy with it. And Gary, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you guys are, as we mentioned, drafted in 2016, five summers ago. But in that period of time, three three different coaching regimes here. And uh, I got to think, you know, at this stage where you're both just, you know, knocking right there on the door to stay in the NHL, it's it's a great opportunity to be seen with a, a fresh set of eyes and, and maybe more so this training camp because last year when you came in, and, and Beck, you weren't here because of the injury, but there's there are no preseason games. And you, I mean – yeah, you can you can go out and work your bag off and practice, but it's it's not the same. I th- I think coaches at this level they they want to see what you can do against somebody wearing a different sweater, whether that's in an exhibition game or in the NHL. And it just seems like both of you guys in this camp this year have taken that to heart and and realize you know that this is a, an opportunity to get seen by, like you said, Lavi and Cato, and, and I mean. Even the guys that have been here before, like mm-hmm. you know, Foz and Arnie, too. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think having those new coaches, it definitely motivates you to every year. You're not comfortable with being like, okay, I think he likes me already. You're, you want them to like your game. I think having those new guys come in, too, it's it's a big motivation to be like, okay, they don't really know who I am as a player. I really want to show them. And that's been a big thing for me this se- like this preseason was to kind of show them what kind of player I can be and that sort of thing. And I think it's, you know, it's big. I think, you, you know, you still have – the same people in the organization that know you and have seen you play in the AHL and he's done well there. But I think making that step to the NHL, like you have to really perform and be able to play with the big guys. And I think that's a huge thing to be able to have the opportunity to play preseason this year is for them to actually see how you, you know, manage certain situations and, you know, how you are actually are in games. So, yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think like you had just kind of mentioned too, that throughout the three coaching changes we've seen here a lot of the core group of a players and b staff around them has remained the same too um which makes it a lot more comfortable every year too you're coming into familiar faces but um you know for my situation it was kind of an it was a fresh clean slate for me to you know have a good first impression with the new coaching staff as well as to myself to see you know am, am i back to where i felt like i was so um yeah it's, it's been a really great opportunity to come in here uh and play games um because you just can't do it in practice, like you said. You yeah. know, we're you're out there in a practice sheet with your own teammates. You know, you, you want to compete, you want to battle, but no one's trying to hurt anybody. No one, like you, don't want to push it too far where you get into that gray area of something going wrong. So, uh, it's it's a really good opportunity to be able to go out, play your game to its fullest potential against you know an opponent, like you said, in a different jersey where you can lay it all out on the line and you're not worried about it. So. It's been a it's been a really great opportunity I think for both of us to get out there and and to have those full games and opportunities to you know show the players that we are to a fresh coaching staff. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for spending some of your valuable downtime with us here, and uh, looking forward to seeing you both on the ice again, and hoping uh, to see you guys both on the ice here for a number of years ahead. So thanks thanks for taking the time. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah.